Good morning. Let's pray. Lord, we're about to open your word. And um, it's so freely available to us, whether it's on a paper book or on our phones or on a, some type of digital device. We've got it on audio books. We've got it all over the place. But we acknowledge this morning that the gift of your word is precious. Help us not to take it for granted. Lord, soften our hearts to hear your voice this morning, we pray. And teach us, instruct us in the ways of life through it. Um, we acknowledge our weakness. And so, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are with us and that you enlighten our hearts and our minds to hear the very word of God. Uh, we trust you this morning to do that again. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you grab your Bibles and turn to Psalm 121. If you're able to, why don't you stand with me as I read it. Psalm 121, I'm going to read from the Christian Standard Bible. Psalm 121, reading from verse 1, says this, I lift my eyes toward the mountains. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. Your protector will not slumber. Indeed, the protector of Israel does not slumber or sleep. The Lord protects you. The Lord is a, sh a shelter right by your side. The sun will not strike you by day or the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. The Lord will protect your coming and going both now and forever. That's Psalm 121. It's the Lord's word. Why don't you take a seat? We're continuing our series in the Psalms of Ascent or Songs for the Road. I'm a little um, short on T-shirts at the moment for some reason, and I went shopping with my dear wife yesterday or the day before to go and have a look for some new shirts. I, I was going to say I trust her judgment, or I'm not sure she trusts mine, I'm not sure which way it goes, but we went shopping together um, when your kids are all back at school. That kind of equates for a date night at our house at the moment. So um, I found a great T-shirt. It was almost so good that I bought it. I'm not really into shirts with prints on the front, but I found a shirt of a cassette, had greatest hits handwritten on it, and a pencil stuck into... <laughs> Some people are going, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Other people are just like, a pencil, who cares? What? If you know, you know, okay? I didn't buy it. The rest of the shirt was fluorescent yellow. <laughs> I do not wear fluorescent yellow. But I really wanted to get it just to wear for today. <laughs> psalm 121 is the next psalm in our series that we're doing. 
it's actually more difficult than you realize to truly grasp the significance of psalms like this one because for most of us in relative security and comfort, right? Within our four walls, with a solid roof over our heads. And for most of us, maybe traveling to, say, Sydney is something that we've given little to no thought to at all in our lives. The only question has probably been, what playlist will we put on in the car as we drive there? It's a quick jaunt down the expressway and we cover the 150 kilometres or so in less than a couple of hours these days and often we'll go there and back on the same day. But travel hasn't always been that easy. And once, and not that long ago, even the trip from Newcastle to Sydney was a fairly major undertaking and one you wouldn't certainly consider trying to do a return trip on the same day for. I think these days, should the borders open up one day soon, I can even just, and we use words like this, I might just duck up to Queensland. You know, I might just, I might just go up. And if I want to, if the border was open, I mean... I really could. I could just jump in the car after church. I could be up there by this evening. I could go see my family, see them for a couple of days, and I could be back again. Trouble hasn't always been that simple, though. Once upon a time, even a journey of, say, 100 kilometres or so was, was fraught with uncertainty and danger. When we couldn't, cover vast miles in short periods of time or pass over deep gorges with stable bridges or pass through the escarpments when someone had blasted a nice even path for us, just crossing the terrain was dangerous. When every journey was planned for by how many nights you would have to sleep on the journey, and not in a hotel or a cabin, but laid out on a swag beside a fire somewhere. How many rivers you would have to cross over. How much water you could carry with you for the journey. Those were the types of things that people had to Consider whenever they took a trip, whenever they took a journey, we barely have to give any of those things thought anymore. Our kids will say, will there be a McDonald's on this road? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I think the nearest we come to grasping these challenges is if we deliberately expose ourselves to them by going on maybe an extensive bushwalk, right? Or camping, not glamping, actual camping, all right? 
I think it's only then that we start to realise just how vulnerable we are as humans to the elements of this world, weather patterns, wildlife, accidents, sudden ill health, even other people that you might meet. They all pose a threat when we aren't safely cocooned in our car or in a hotel or in our home. For a a family who must travel by foot for a week or more through rugged terrain and uncertain weather, Psalms like 121 were the perfect song to sing on that journey. If you remember when we were last week, Psalm 120, it was the setting out song, the song to be sung before you even left home, the song where you proclaimed your desire for a better horizon, that you wanted to be in the presence of God, that you'd stayed where you were too long. But now this is a song, Song 121, which is a song about on the road and our vulnerability our security. So it's, it's far more than just a simple um, blessing for the road that might have been used. This song has become a picture, I think, of our journey through life. It's the image of our security and for the safety that we long for. And I think it's a song that recounts the various places that we search for safety sometimes. But ultimately, this is a song that centres our vision on the one sure place where security can be found, a place which is a better refuge. And ultimately, that better refuge is in Christ alone, right? So here's, here's what I want to do. I want to just sort of pick through this psalm a little bit and point out a couple of ways that I think this helps point us towards finding a better refuge. So Psalm 121 verse 1, this is the first heading that I'm going to use. It's looking for security. Looking for security. Just read the very first half of Psalm 121 verse 1 again. It says this, I lift my eyes toward the mountains. Just pause there for a moment. Just imagine you're a family, you're, you're traveling, you're on this journey, you, you're searching, you're, you're wondering, you're, you're looking to get to wherever you're going. In this case, for the, those in Israel, they were heading towards Jerusalem, up the mountain ranges. They might be days yet away. I lift my eyes towards the mountains. Now, maybe... Maybe the mountains were an unknown source of danger. Or maybe the psalmist was already in danger and is now looking wildly around for a place of security. Maybe the mountains would provide some hope for this traveling family. But whatever the mountains represented in this psalm, We know that the song tells a story of someone who is looking for security. I lift my eyes to the mountains. 
I'm wondering, I've had to ask myself as I've been preparing this week, what are the mountains that I look to? Maybe it's a question you should be asking yourself. What are the mountains you look to? What are the place that you look to for security? Where does your gaze go? Maybe when you're feeling uncertain, when you're feeling unsafe even, when you're frightened, when you're scared, where does your gaze go? The psalmist says, I lift my eyes towards the mountain. He's looking for security. But he's also hoping for safety. And that's the second thing I want you to notice here. And it's how we can interpret the first half of this verse. I lift my eyes to the mountains, but the rest of that verse says, is a question, right? Where will my help come from? Now, if that, if that part of the verse wasn't there, maybe we could say that his, his statement, I'm looking towards the mountains, is a statement of hope. Maybe he could, he's looking towards Jerusalem and he's saying, man, I'm looking forward to arriving to Jerusalem. But that's not what he's asking. He's looking around him into the mountains. He's, he's looking for security and he's, he's searching for hope. And these are the sorts of questions that he's asking. Where will my help come from? We all long for security, right? Don't we? We, we long for safety in our life. It is a basic driving desire for every single human experience. Safety. But this opening question reveals another common experience, and that is the despair that sets in when security and safety seem far away. When we are left wondering if we will ever find rest the two most common responses to a perceived threat are what fight or flight all right fight or flight you might be aware of those things you've heard them before maybe there's some threat coming towards us fight or flight my my family have had a running bet on how long it will take me to bring a snake story into a sermon <laughs> Whoever said this Sunday is on a win, all right? Because we know that if you come across um, some, a snake out in, in the bushland or whatever, when I come across them, um, two, two things are going to happen generally, uh, fight or flight. A snake feels threatened by, your, by you, and depending on the species, it might make a turn and just run for it, all right? Duck down a hole somewhere, go into a crevice somewhere, it's frightened. It's frightened. So it runs away. Some, some don't run away. Some do a quick scan. They think, I've got nowhere to run. And they turn around. They want to go toe-to-toe with you, right? Um, for snakes, it, there's another one. It's, there's a, another reaction that they have. And funnily enough, humans have it as well. It's just not as commonly known. In snakes, it's called crispus. So fight, flight, and Christmas. Christmas is where they just curl up and stay really still and just go, maybe no one will see me. (laughs) But we do that sometimes too, don't we? You ever been in those situations where things are just really bad in your life and you just feel like you're stuck? Running is not an option. Fighting, you're too tired of. And so you just 
you just freeze. Maybe if I just stay here with my eyes closed, this will all get better. They're the things that we do because we're longing for safety. We want security. We either face our circumstances with our fists raised or we turn on our heel and we run or we bury our head in the sand and pretend. All of these are an expression of the psalmist's song and the question that he leads with, where will my help come from? And we all feel that at different times in our life. We are longing for security. We hope for safety. And in our desperation to turn, well, we, we turn to almost any refuge, any source of refuge that we can possibly find. I'm wondering, what have you looked for refuge in? What are the things that you have run to? What are the things that we will hide in when we feel under threat, when we feel like life is maybe out of control? Here's my third heading, finding a better refuge. Finding a better refuge. I have to admit, I've looked for refuge in all sorts of places. Some of them aren't intrinsically wrong in and of themselves, right? Some of them I'm ashamed of. It's easy to point out the wrong refuges we lean on for security, but for others, while they may be good things, they always prove insufficient. A good job, it's good, but it's insufficient to find your refuge in. A husband or a wife, they are good things. They are a wonderful gift, but they aren't able to bear the load that we place on them to be our ultimate security. A family, a home, paying off a mortgage, buying an acreage, Increasing our portfolio of shares. All of those things aren't bad things. But if we seek to find our hope in them and our refuge in them, they will let us down every time. What about pleasure or substances or adrenaline? Where do you look for your refuge? What are the crevices that you will run to? Or the places that you will hide and just hope to be still so that no one will notice? Or what are the hills that you'll stand on to raise your fists and fight? Let's see what the psalmist says. There's a better refuge because he turns his attention to the true helper. Psalm 121, verse 2. My help comes from the Lord. So he's, He's looked to the mountains and he's wondered, where will my help come from? 
And then he quickly declares, my help will come from the Lord, the true helper. The second part of that verse, he describes the true source of all refuge. My help comes from the Lord. Who is he? He's the maker of heaven and earth. Those mountains that I look to, God formed them. Right? God shaped those. So why run to the mountain? Run to the one who shaped them. Why look to the created? Look to the creator. My help comes from the Lord, the psalmist says, the maker of heaven and earth. Now, the rest of this psalm is a description and helps us to see what is the character of this great God that we can run to. If God is truly our help, if God is truly the one that we can find our refuge in, then I want to know more about him, right? What's the strength of this refuge? What is the strength of this God? What type of God is the one who the psalmist looks to for ultimate security and an ultimate refuge? And there are three things that the psalmist points out in this psalm, and I think it'd be good for us just to touch on them a little bit. The first one is this. He, he outlines the consistency of our God, all right? The consistency of our God. So just have a read of verse 3 and 4. Psalm 121, verses 3 and 4 says this, He will not allow your foot to slip. Your protector will not slumber. Indeed, the protector of Israel does not slumber or sleep. This is an an explanation of the character of God who is consistent. I want you to notice the type of language that's in there. We're going to come back and deal with the opening phrase in verse 3 and some of the other things that come out shortly. He will not allow your foot to slip. Now let's, let's see what he says. Your protector will not slumber. Indeed, the protector of Israel does not slumber or sleep. We have a God, we have a refuge that we can run to that never goes into sort of low energy mode. It, it never goes, he never goes to sleep. He's never off duty. He, he never checks his watch and says, oh, well, my shift ended about half an hour ago. I'm sorry, you'll have to wait. God never does that. The consistency of our God is that he will always be on watch. He will always be on guard. He always stands over his sheep. He is the shepherd who stands in the gap day and night, seven days a week, 365 days of the year. He is consistently a refuge. He never changes. That's the character of our God. Now, here's the problem with some of the other things that we run to, right? Some of the other things that we find refuge in, they may even bring us some hope for a while, but they all have a use-by date. Even good things eventually become unstable. Other things that we might run to for security or for hope or for substances maybe, or pleasure, well, they they give the kick for a while, don't they? But then all of a sudden, they don't do what they used to do. And we've got to pursue more, go further, 
We run to the God who is consistent as a refuge. He does not sleep. He is always there. He always stands ready. I love the image of that story that Jesus tells of the prodigal son, but the image of the father who's standing on the porch. You ever thought about that? How many days did that father go out and stand on that porch? How many days did he stand at his front door looking down the road? No, no knowledge as, as to whether today would be the day that that prodigal son would come stumbling up the path or whether it would be tomorrow or the day after or in a week's time, a month's time or a year's time. But we know that as Jesus tells the story, the day that the prodigal son came stumbling up the path, he found a father standing on the porch and watching. We can run to a God for refuge who is always standing on the porch and watching. A God who is always standing ready, who never ever lets down his guard. Maybe you've had other people let you down in your life and you're wondering, is that really true? Everyone that I've ever known at some point in time has let you down. That's true. If you rely on me, there will come a day and I will let you down. If you rely on your spouse, there will come a day and they will let you down. A friend will let you down. But there is a God who never will. He is consistent. The second thing is that he is a covering God. A covering God. Read verses 5 and 6. The Lord protects you. The Lord is a shelter right by your side. The sun will not strike you by day or the moon by night. The Lord protects you. The Lord is a shelter right by your side. Sometimes we think I need to clean myself up enough so that I can run to God, then I will have God's protection. The psalmist says, God is right by your side. God is right there. He's not far away from those who seek him. The Lord protects you. I'm going to come back to that. The third thing that we see about God is that there's a continuity, big word, I just tried to find one that started with C since all my other ones did. Sorry, old habits die hard. It really just means that not only is he consistently awake, the continuity means that he's faithful, that, that he's dependable. So we see the continuity of our God as we read verses 7 and 8. The Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. The Lord will protect your coming and going both now and forever. You can trust the security and refuge of the God for today. But the psalmist says, but you can trust it again tomorrow. And you'll trust it again the day after because he will be there. Now, I want to address something that shows up in each three of these little couplets of verses. 
Now, I've heard psalms like this one read out and used as a sort of mantra of almost good luck. I'm going to quote this psalm. I'm going to claim the promises of God. The Lord protects me. All right. Back in verse 3, he's not allow, not allow my foot to slip. Uh, down in verse 7, the Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. And we might be inclined to think and use this to sort of say, well, wow, what a great promise. I'm never going to stub my toe. Nothing bad will ever happen to me in my life. Because Psalm 121 says, the Lord will protect you from all harm, right? But that's what it says, let's be honest. But it also says that the sun will not strike you by day or by night. None of us think, well, I'm with God, I'm never going to get sunburnt again. <laughs> Intrinsically, we understand something about what we read to, to go, well, some parts of this, there is a literal, the sun will not strike you. Well, does that mean that when I go outside, there's always going to be, like I'm a, a travelling Olaf, you know, I, I'm never going to have the sun on me? I'm going to go out at night time and I won't be able to see the moon? That's not what it's talking about. That they are poetic descriptions of the type of character of God. The emphasis is on... What is God like? What can you know about God? And so as we go back over the, the covering of God or the, the consistency of God or the continuity of God, they're all ways the psalmist has tried to um, build a picture of the type of strength that exists in God. Firstly, that he doesn't go to sleep so when you run to him, he's, you're not going to find him snoozing. You're not going to have to try and wake him up and get his attention. You don't have to do something in your life right now, something good enough so that God will notice you. Do you realize that? He sees you already. He loves you. You don't have to impress him. He's not sleeping a God that needs to be roused some way by some special incantation of religious affections. And he's a God that covers you, a God that stands beside you, a God that is a shield about you. You can depend on him. Does that mean that hard things won't come? No. Does that mean that you might not walk through challenging and difficult circumstances? No. David the psalmist says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though that's where I walk, your rod and your staff comfort me. So that as I walk through those challenging and difficult circumstances in my life, I know that God is a shelter right by my side. I do not walk alone in this. And we trust the continuity of our God. He will protect your life. Sure, there are going to be painful and difficult challenges on the road. You will have pangs of grief along the way. But 
in the presence of God, under his wing, with the certainty of my security in Christ and for eternity and all that he has promised, then like the New Testament writer can say, man may kill the body. But I live in the presence of God. Yes, I am dead to sin, but I am alive in Christ. Our human capacity, our understanding of harm and our understanding of what is really the great danger in this life starts to shift. But we know that we have a God who is by our side. He will be there today. He will be there tomorrow. He will not abandon you. So as we stood at the beginning to read Psalm 121, I'd love it if you would stand with me again as we finish and we read the same psalm. This is a song for the road, remember. A song as we journey towards being in the presence of God like the great pilgrims did of old. And they sang this song. I lift my eyes towards the mountains Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. Your protector will not slumber. Indeed, the protector of Israel does not slumber or sleep. The Lord protects you. The Lord is a shelter right by your side. The sun will not strike you by day or the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. The Lord will protect your coming and your going, both now and forever. Amen.